I hope, I, I, I don't hope, I know that as our church family, you'll understand this morning uh, that everything that we had planned, we just threw it out the window today, uh, just coming and just trusting that the Lord's going to carry us through uh, because the staff, honestly, are pretty numb. Uh, we've been numb uh, most last evening. Uh, some probably didn't sleep much last night. Those of us that did sleep, I think we dreamed last night uh, about our situation. And so uh, it's just been a tough night. This morning has been tough. Again, met with the students early this morning at 8.30 here and then uh, made it through the first service. But uh, I know you understand as I threw everything out the window and just said, Lord, uh, you speak. Uh, and I don't really like to do that. Those that know me know I like to be well-planned. Uh, those, anybody that's, uh, did any of the media during our services, they can pretty much uh, read along with me as I preach because I, uh, I trust the Lord during the week. He helps me to write that message. And so I come uh, pretty much with that message word for word. And so you could follow along with me. And so I like to be planned, uh, by the Lord's help. And so this morning as I come and just say, throw it out the window, I just have to say, Lord, you lead. And I'm trusting he's doing that this morning. And so what he's asked me to do or has led me to do is we're just going to Go to the Word today, and we're going to go to the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm is a psalm that is often shared at funeral times. In fact, uh, most everybody has heard of the 23rd Psalm. Even if a person doesn't go to church, even a secular person pretty much knows the 23rd Psalm. They've heard it one time or another in their life. Maybe it was at a graveside during a funeral, or I've even seen it on TV shows as there's been funeral on TV shows. I've heard the 23rd Psalm even read on those. And so most people at least are familiar with the 23rd Psalm. But it's a song today that if we understand it, it gives us great hope. Because when David was writing this psalm, he was in writing in a time much different than you and I. He was writing in a time where shepherds were very common. You'd see them all over the landscape. And the people understood the very importance of a shepherd to the sheep. Uh, maybe you already know this, but if not, I'll let you know sheep are pretty dumb animals. Do y'all know that? In fact, a few weeks ago, I, I wish I could have pulled the video up today. There's this video that went around about this sheep was down in this uh, ditch, and the guys pulled him out of this ditch, and the sheep ran like three or four steps and then jumped right back into the ditch further on down the road. Anybody see that one? I mean, it was, uh, it, it was funny. It was when I said, man, at some point in time, I'll share that one with you because it was so uh, right on spot about who we are even as people. I watched that video and I saw what that sheep did and I said, it, it, no wonder God calls us sheep, right? No wonder because we're like that. We're, we're, we're so dumb sometimes, right? We, we do the same thing over and over and over. We go to God sometimes and we say, God, forgive me for what I did. And we say, Lord, forgive me. I'm going to do better. And we go maybe a little while and then we do the same thing and we're right back to God. Please forgive me, right? That's who we are. We're sheep, right? That's who we are. And so God, I think when he inspired David to write this psalm, he understood that we were like those sheep that were desperately in need of a shepherd because the sheep without the shepherd were not only lost, their very life was in danger because they would do things that would even, you know, <laughs> they would lose their life because they were just not smart, right? And so the shepherd was, was so completely in charge of the sheep that it was an amazing thing. And so when David wrote this psalm, that was an image that everybody had in their mind, and so they understood it. Now, we read it today, and we don't really grasp it fully, but today I want us to look at this a little bit and see if we can understand a part of what God wanted us to hear when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. You're probably familiar with it, but let me read it, and then we'll come back, and I'll share a few words, but it just simply starts, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As that song starts, it starts very uh, simply as we are familiar with, the Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. We hear that statement and how many of us read that statement, I shall not want, and say, well, that doesn't apply to me because there's a lot of things I want, right? We, we want all the time, do we not? I mean, we spend so much of our life saying, I want this, I want this. I want a new car. I want a bigger house. I want fancier clothes. I want whatever it is. You, you, whatever your want is, you want it, right? All the time. And we say, our life is filled with wants. And we somehow think, if I just get this thing that I want, I'm going to be all right. Well, the Scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There can be a place where we don't have to have wants in our life. And it's not going to be when you get everything you say you want. Right? Some of us are adults here. Many of us, most of us are adults here, right? We've lived life long enough to know that many of the things that we wanted at one point in time in life we got, right? How many of y'all got a lot of things that you wanted at one time or another? And once you got those things, here's what you realized, right? You realized that once you got what you wanted, now there just was something else you wanted, right? Because that thing you wanted that you thought was satisfied didn't satisfy. You understood that there was still a need deep down in your soul that wasn't satisfied by that thing. And so we just begin to want something else, and we hope, if I get that thing, then I'll be satisfied. So we want but the Bible says today, the Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. Let me just give you a great truth right off the front this morning, ready? That if you know the Lord as your shepherd, there is no need for you to want. Okay? Because if the Lord is your shepherd, you if he is really your shepherd, you have everything you need. He is the only one that will satisfy. Think about what it says this shepherd will do. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. What is that telling you? It says that if you know this good shepherd, he will provide for your every need. He will take you to those green pastures where you can eat and be satisfied. He can take you by those still waters where he will refresh your soul and he will quench your thirst that's in your soul. He will take care of your needs. I even want to say this to you this morning. You know, we're here today, and again, we're mourning Jacob's loss, and we say, well, was, was God good to Jacob? I'm going to tell you he was. He was. Not all of you had a chance to get to know Jacob like we did, but Jacob in the past, and you know, he had some, some difficult days in his past, and I really believe that God brought him to us, if nothing else, for him. He needed us. He needed us. And I'm looking back on life, and this is what I say now. As I look at the last few months with Jacob in our life, as we've got to know and have such a great time with him, I, I, I'm, here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that God allowed me to be a part of the last days of his life. All right? 
Not because, again, that we're so good or anything, right? But that we got to enjoy those days with him. And we could see the joy on his face. Even here, you know, he came in, as Luke's already mentioned, he came in during a time of COVID. It was a hard time to come in and to be a student minister. In fact, the first few months, we'll say, was a complete struggle for him. Because how can you minister to students that you cannot even see? And even if you do see them, you got to wear a mask. And so you see from here up, it's a very difficult time. And here's what we saw in Jacob over the last few weeks. As things were loosening up, masks were coming off, things were getting back to normal. We saw him begin to hit his stride. He was excited. A week from Tuesday, he was supposed to take the kids to camp. He was so excited for youth camp this summer, right? His dad told me last night, he said, Jacob already had his bags packed. He was ready. It's over a week away, but he was already packed and ready. He was excited. He had the last rest of the year, I think, planned out, retreats coming up, all this. And we could see as a staff the joy in his face as all this stuff was beginning to happen in his life. Then I would have to look and say, God was being good to Jacob. He was blessing him with a smile. We might look and say, was God really good to him to have him die so young? I, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But what I know is God was being good to him. And I want you to know God is going to be good to us if you let him be your shepherd. He will guide you, all right? He will take you to that place where you can be satisfied because nothing on this earth will. I really appreciate the next line, though, really, this morning when it says, he restores my soul. We're hurting today. We're hurting. Most of the morning, I've just been numb. Last night, mostly numb. Don't know what to think. Don't know what to feel. Don't know what to do tomorrow. That's just being honest. That's just being real, okay? I don't know how many tissues I went through this morning. I brought my box here this in, 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 with me to, the, to my seat today because I thought, I'm probably going to need the whole box before I'm done, all right? I know today as I stand before you and y'all look to me as your pastor and say, we need to hear something. I'm not even sure I got anything to give you. I know I don't have the perfect words, but here's what I can tell you. There is a God who loves you, who loves me, and he is the one that will restore our souls. I can't do that for you today. I'm thankful for the love that we have for each other. God calls us to love each other. We should do that. But more than that, we need to know we have to look to God because he is our only hope today. And I believe today that if we'll look to him, he indeed will restore our soul in the midst of that. We just sang a song, Living Hope, and we can rejoice. We can clap. We can celebrate our great God because indeed he is our living hope. It goes on to say, not only does he restore our souls, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Here's what God wants to do for all of us today. He wants to lead us in the right path. He wants to lead us where we should go. As I said a while ago, remember, we're, we're sheep. We have a tendency to want to go our own way, right? I want to do my own thing. I admit it. I clearly want to do my own thing most of the days. I don't necessarily want to do what God wants me to do. God, I've got my agenda and my plan, but here's what will happen. If we let God be our shepherd, he will lead us in the right path. He will take us down the right way. And did you notice why he does this? Did you notice? He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. This morning, I will tell you, if it wasn't for the Lord in my life, I would be a wretched man. And if I, you look at my life at any time and say, man, I, uh, you know, I appreciate that about Scott or this, I'm going to tell you there's only one person that gets the credit for it, and that's the Lord. 
because I on my own am a wretched man. But if I can stand before you with anything and offer you anything, it's because of what the Lord has done in my life, and he's done it for his glory. He's done it for his sake. It's to his praise that he's done that. And when I look at Jacob's life today, here's what I know. Jacob was a young man who lived for the glory of the Lord. You know, we talked about how, you know, and, and you all heard us talk about how in the future our, our goal is to be a, a church that makes disciples. We want to emphasize that more, that we've not done a, a good job of making disciples. And even when we were interviewing Jacob, we talked about that. But here's the thing about Jacob is we talked to him about, hey, our, our plan is as we go forward, we want to emphasize discipleship. We want to do these things. And Jacob came into our interview and he laid out before us. He said, look, here's the plan that I've been doing with discipleship. Here's how I disciple people. And I looked at that and said, he's already a step ahead of us. He's way ahead of the game. He's been doing something that we're looking to do, and he's going to lead us in many ways. And here's what I would do. He, he would come, his, his D group that he meets with, they're a couple of weeks. They got started a couple of weeks for my D group. And so we would talk about our D groups, and he would tell me, oh, this is what I share with my D group. This is what I challenge with my D group. And I would sit there and say, man, he's got this together. I'd look at it and say, I need to learn from him because he's so far ahead of me on this. I need to learn from him. And you know why? Because he understood he was living for the glory of the Lord. He wanted his life to shine for the Lord. And again, he didn't want people just to know Jesus. Here's the truth. He wanted them to go deep with the Lord. Unfortunately, you know where most of us stay with the Lord? Just very, very right here on the surface, do we not? Here's what often we want to do. What we want to do in life is we want to pray that prayer. We want to get baptized. We want to get our ticket to heaven and say, I'm going to heaven. But that's often where we want to stop. I want you to know God wants something much more from you. He wants a life that so lives for him that your whole life gives glory to the Lord. And that's what Jacob desired. He wanted people to know the Lord so deeply that their life shined for his glory. And I'm thankful that he came in my life to give me that challenge to say, we've got to do so much better. And I'm thankful that he knew the Lord like that because it makes the next verse so important. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you aren't with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's the good news for those who know the Lord as their shepherd. Even when death comes, there's no need to fear. No need to fear. I think I already told you this morning when I talked to Jacob's dad, it was amazing that his dad was remarkably at peace. I'll tell you, if that was probably one of my sons, I feel like I would be a wreck this morning. But his dad seemed to be remarkably at peace. And he was at peace because he said this very plainly. He says, I know where Jacob is today. He had no doubt that Jacob was in heaven. And because of that, his dad could be walking in peace and without fear this morning. And for all of us, here's a great truth that when the Lord is our shepherd, even if death approaches, you don't have to fear. Some of you this morning, you, you feel like you're in the shadow of death, right? You're you're at that point of life where you're aging or getting older and you know that, that tomorrow that, 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 that death could be a reality for you. Don't raise your hand if you're in that category, but you know who you are, right? And maybe you feel like you're in the shadow. Well, the good news is you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear if you're walking with the Lord because if death comes to you tomorrow, there's something better waiting, amen? But can I give you this news? No matter what our age is today, in a way, we're all walking right now in the valley of the shadow of death. Are we not? 
If what happened yesterday proves anything, it's this. There's not a one of us that are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us, none of us know if we're going to take our last breath tomorrow or if it's going to be 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or 50 years. We don't know. You know, my goal is I, I've told people I've, I've, I want to live to at least be 79. That's my goal. Y'all know why I want to be 70, live to be 79? Some of you might can guess it. Anybody, anybody want to guess? I want to live to be 79 because if I live to be 79, I can be married to my beautiful bride for 60 years. That's a fair goal, is it not? Is that a good goal? It's a good goal. That's, that's my goal. After that, I really don't care. I guess I can die at 79. I don't care. But here's what I know. I may not live to be 59. I may not make it there. But here's the good news. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fear because walking with the good shepherd, I I know that he's walking with me the whole time. He is there. He's protecting me. He's he's walking every day with me. And if tomorrow I, I step out of this life into the next, I know the good shepherd walks with me still. Because it goes on to say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. See, if you know the Lord, the great comfort is this. That there is a day that is waiting for you. That you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That gives me great peace. Does it give you peace? I hope it does. But you know what? Let me, let me tell you something about this psalm. Are you ready? The key to this psalm is the first five words. You know the first five words? The key to this psalm is the first five words. The Lord is my shepherd. You hear that? What, what's important there? The Lord is my shepherd. The question is, is the Lord your shepherd? See, these promises are there only if the Lord is your shepherd. And you have to choose to let the Lord be your shepherd. In fact, here's what's interesting. What a great psalm, the 23rd psalm is. But Jesus said something interesting in John chapter 10. Maybe you're familiar with the words there. Jesus shared a lot of words. I'm not going to share all from chapter 10. Go back and read it all. It's a great chapter. But Jesus said these words in John 10, beginning in verse 7. He said, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And then he says this in verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If you don't know, let me tell you today, Jesus Christ gave his life for you. You and I were the sheep who were going astray, right? The Bible says we were all going our own way. But Jesus came to be the shepherd to guide us. 
He came to be the shepherd to give us a new way. And that way that we went, we go our own way. We know the Bible calls that sin, right? In other words, we were all sinners. We were running from God. We were going the wrong direction, all right? And because of that, what we all deserve is death and not just physical death. We deserve to go to hell. That is just the reality of it. But Jesus came, and what did he do? He took our punishment for us. Jesus came. He lived that perfect life. He came and offered his life up on a cruel cross, dying the most gruesome death you could ever imagine to pay for your sin and to my sin. Because as the good shepherd, he laid down his life for us. Think about this, all right? The enemy was coming to steal and to kill and destroy. You know who that is, right? Satan. He's still doing that today. Look around. If you don't believe me, look around our world today. Satan is still alive and well. He's still leading people to their destruction. He's still leading people to their death. He's guiding them, right? Some people following him thinking he's the shepherd, but he's the one that's leading them toward death. But Jesus came as the good shepherd and said, listen, here's what a good shepherd does. He dies for sheep. And he died for you, and he died for me, that we could have the hope of eternal life. It leads us with the question is, are we going to let him be the shepherd? Because again, if the Lord is my shepherd, I don't have to want. This morning, maybe there's a lot of wants in your life, and you're discontent. A lot of things are going, because the reality is, maybe you've never made the Lord your shepherd. And today, I want to challenge everybody this, that you would make sure that the Lord is your shepherd today. If Jacob would want me to say anything to you today, it would be this. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, do it today, because He is your hope. In fact, I shared with the first service, so I'll share with you all again. There's two things that I know with the Lord being my shepherd. All right, I have two great guarantees. Here they are. Number one is this, that because the Lord is my shepherd, no matter what tomorrow brings, I know I have a shepherd who walks with me to provide, which means this, even if tomorrow brings great difficulty, there is a shepherd who's walking with me. Y'all believe that? I'm going to make a confession to y'all. You ready? I've been been alive 52 years. God has always been good. Life's not always been easy. There have been great difficulties. All right? I'll go ahead and tell you some of this. To me, the last four years of my life have been some of the more difficult years of my life. But here's what I know to be true. The Lord has been a good shepherd. Through all of that, He's always provided Through all of that, he has always cared. Through all of that, the Lord uh, has provided so many things, but he's taken me that still waters, those green pastures. He's always provided. There's times I want to throw a pity party for myself, but you know what? I don't know why, because the Lord is so good to me. Uh, What I ought to be doing always is singing his praises. Are you with me? You hear what I'm saying? And what I say to you today is this, that if the Lord is your shepherd, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for you, but I do know that if you'll let the Lord be your shepherd and walk with you, he will be there for you and he will provide for you. He will take care of you. That's the one thing I know. Second thing I know is this, if tomorrow, tomorrow on this earth never comes, 
I know that I will be dwelling in the house of my Lord forever. I know if life on this earth never comes again, if I don't have it tomorrow, what I do know is I have the glorious, I'll have the glorious privilege of walking in heaven with God and being in his presence forevermore. And what could be better than that? In fact, what the scripture says yesterday is this, that Jacob had a great gain. It may be our loss, but it's his gain because he left the troubles of this old world to go to be with his Lord in heaven. And man, what, that's something I long for more and more every day. Are y'all with me? So here's what's going to happen. We're going to have an invitation this morning. An invitation is pretty simple, all right? On the first, it's this. If you're here this morning and you say the Lord is my shepherd and you know that you've given your life to Jesus Christ, then what I'm asking you to do is this. If you've got a burden or a trouble or something that's weighing you down, bring it to the good shepherd because he cares. Maybe some of you need to come and kneel at this altar and say, Lord, you know what I'm going through, and I can't make it on my own, but God, I give it to you, and maybe just kneel at this altar and say, God, it's yours. But two, if you don't know the Lord as your shepherd, I invite you to give your life to him today. Romans 10, 9 and 10, it just simply says this. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can I, can, I, can I ask something just briefly? Do you know what it means when it says to confess Jesus as Lord? Do you know what it means? Do you know what it means to confess Him as Lord? See, I, see, I believe in the church. We've, we've made this grave mistake. We've told people that, hey, you want to be saved? Hey, pray this prayer. I got a little prayer. You pray this little prayer with me and you get baptized and all is fine. Do you know you can pray a prayer and still be lost without the Lord? You know that? Here's the big question. Have you really made him the Lord of your life? That's what he wants. That's what he desires. And for you to come and say, Jesus is Lord, this is what you're saying. Jesus, because you're Lord, you have the right to, to call all the shots in my life. All of them. What do I do with my money? The Lord, you, you tell me, how do I spend it? It's, it, it's your call. What, what I do in my free time, Lord, it's your call. You're, you're the Lord. You, you have the right to tell me what to do, right? For some of those that are not married, God, you have the right to tell me who to marry or whether to marry at all or what to do. What job do I take? God, you, you, Lord, you're, you're the one that has the right because if you're Lord of my life, you control everything, right? And so even this morning, I want the Lord to be your shepherd, Right? Because again, the word, the Lord is my shepherd. I want the Lord to be your shepherd, which means I today want you to come and give your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, you are Lord. Which means you come and you say, God, here's what I realize. I'm a sinner. I have this tendency to go my own way and to do my own thing. And man, it's got me in trouble so many times, Lord. And just to come and say, Lord, what I want you to do is forgive me because I know you're my only hope. It's come in recognizing, Jesus, I know that you died in my place. I know that you came and I know you lived that sinless life. And I know you offered your life up to me, Lord. And I'm thankful for that. And, and you just say, God, I accept that. I accept what you've done for me. But then it's coming and saying, Lord, I give my life to you. And I want you to take complete control. It's yours. 
And if you'll do this this morning, here's what I know. The Lord is more than willing to come in your life. He's willing to pour the Holy Spirit down into you today and take control and to help you live for Him. He wants, He wants to guide you in those paths of righteousness, lead you beside those still waters. He wants to do that. But you have to come today and give it to Him. And so maybe today you've never confessed Jesus as Lord. Maybe you've never given your life to Him. Then I want today to be that day where you come and say, Lord, I'm yours. Be my good shepherd today. Because he wants to come and give you life. So as we sing this song of invitation together, what do you need to do? Maybe you need to come. Again, there's a burden you need to come and bring to your good shepherd who wants to be here for you. Come and bring it to him. Or come and make the Lord your shepherd for the very first time. I don't know what the need is, but let's stand together. And I'm going to pray. And after I pray, we'll have this song of invitation. If you need to come, you come this morning. Father, we give this time to you. We know that you are indeed a good shepherd that loves us and cares for us. That good shepherd that I know today that Jacob would want us to talk about this morning. He wouldn't want us to talk about him. He'd want us to talk about you. And so today, Father, we lift you up because you are a good God. Even in the midst of such sorrow, we know that you're good. We know you're, you're loving. We know you're kind. Father, we know that you want to guide us and give us strength. So, Father, today as we come to this invitation, we ask that you would move in our midst this morning. There are some that need comfort. There are some that need strength. And I pray that they would come and lay their burdens before you, whatever they are, and they would experience their good shepherd walking with them today. And then, Father, there are those who don't know you and never made you their shepherd. They're on the outside of the pen looking in, and you have the gate open, and you said, Come. You've opened the gate through your blood. And I pray, Father, some today would walk in and say, I'm ready to let Jesus be the Lord. And so you move, Father, now I pray. And as I pray these things, I pray them in Jesus' name. Amen.